Blog Talk Radio. Opening day is just two days away. Our host will break down the upcoming season with award and playoff predictions. Who will be shutting down games for the Phils this season, and just how hot is Kapler's seat? All this and more on FanCast. Hold on, wait a minute. Y'all thought I was finished. When I bought the ass tomorrow, y'all thought it was winning. Just in on these, I'm like Papa on his finish. Double M, yeah, that's my zero. Say this, Captain, I'm Lieutenant. I'm the tight cannon. Hello, everybody, and welcome back into FanCast. Feel free to call in 845-277-9345. As it is a big day today, we are just two days away from opening day for all of Major League Baseball. The most anticipated season in recent years for the Phillies. All the acquisitions, it's going to be a packed crowd year through. Isaac, how are you today? I'm good. I'm very excited, very pumped up for the season to be starting in two days. It's definitely going to be electricity all through the year for Philadelphia. A season unlike any of the past couple. Playoff implications year out. Hopefully the ceiling of a World Series contenders. All is yet to be seen. We're going to try and look into the future a little bit right now and predict some of the awards for the 2019 MLB season. So, Isaac, if you'd just like to run through your awards for us, starting off with the American League. So, the American League. Um, I have the MVP being Aaron Judge. Plain and simple, other than Mike Trout, I believe he is the most talented player in the league offensively. Um, uh, I have him over Mookie Betts, even when he's healthy. Last year, he was on pace for an insane year. He is just a mammoth, mammoth stat-type player, especially in Yankee Stadium. I have an MVP. Um, Cy Young, um, it's going to sound basic, but I have Justin Verlander of the Houston Astros. Houston, I mean, Garrett Cole of the of the Houston Astros. I'm predicting a big breakout. It's his contract year. Um, I think him and Justin Verlander, both top five, and Cy Young voting last year, and they both will be again. Uh, it'll vault down to the top of the AL West. Um, and for the National League uh, MVP, I um, I have. JT Real Muto, which is quite bold. It's one of my bold predictions this year. But yep, I have JT Real Muto first catching MVP. My prediction uh, since Buster Posey. So and then the Cy Young this year, um, I have Max Scherzer just beating out Cardinals pitcher Jack Flaherty. So, Coy, uh, uh, what what are your predictions then? Well, lean towards the AL, I'll start with that. Mike Trout just signed the biggest contract in MLB history. I think he's going to back it up, make the Angels look brilliant with a third MVP. He's been top five each year of his career. Would have been top three two years ago, but he got injured, knocked him out of it. He's put up insane numbers through his career, headed on the path to be an all-time great. I've got Chris Sale finally getting a Cy Young, another guy who just signed an extension, going to make the club look smart for that. I'm seeing him having a good, strong year. And then rookie of the year, I think it's Vlad Guerrero's to use if he's up there and healthy. It's in the air right now how he just suffered an injury in spring training. Will the team bring him up, try and swerve around arbitration? I think if he's there, it's his to lose. If not, Eloy Jimenez of the Chicago White Sox could snatch it up. And then headed over to the NL, another guy I think will get a first – award that he's deserved for a while. Nolan Arenado, 
another guy just signed that big extension. He's been flirting with an MVP for the past couple of seasons. Coors helps him out. He's going to put up big numbers, one of the best multi-players in the game, both defensively and offensively. I agree with you on Cy Young. Max Scherzer is going to snag that fourth. He's been one of the most dominant pitchers of the past decade. Insane guy, tough to face him in the division. And then NL Rookie of the Year, I've got Fernando Tatis of the Padres. Expecting him to get that call up, a team that's sort of not in the rebuilding stage anymore. They've got their pieces. I think they'll flirt around with things this year, test things out. They'll be a fun club to watch. All right, then let's move into our pennant winners. Um, my pennant winners I have in the AL, um, the, uh, the Astros, and the NL, the Cardinals. This year I've got same division with you in the NL, but I've got the Chicago Cubs. I think they'll have a bounce back year. Should prove a couple of haters and doubters wrong. I think they are a very good team. And the AL, the hated Yankees. I think they'll pull it out this year. They've got a stacked lineup, brilliant bullpen. It's arguably one of the best all time. The just the pure stuff they have out of there, flamethrowers, guys with filthy movement. It's going to be tough to beat that. They've got a solid rotation. I think we could see some improvements to that throughout the year. But as long as their guys all pan out, I think the World Series is theirs to lose. I. Uh, I see that, and I have the Cardinals winning the whole thing. Um, but I definitely see your point. As I said earlier, Aaron Judge, I think he's going to have a monster season. 50 home runs again, I'm predicting. So um, now let's do our Phillies MVP. Um, I think even though J.J. Romito will be the overall MVP of the National League, as I'm predicting, um, P the Phillies in specific, just because of what he brings, and what he brought already to our clubhouse, the vibe. You see, you see what I mean? Uh, who, who's your MVP this year for the Phillies? I think going strictly off of most valuable to the team, I think, once again, it's going to have to be Aaron Nola. I think just the way that our lineup is set up, there are other guys that can back up Harper, Real Muto, if something falls through. That's the big difference this year as opposed to 2018. There's depth in the lineup, major league hitters all the way out. Guys will be able to back guys up when they have cold stretches as opposed to last year, it seems like it was a year-long cold stretch with one guy hot. That'll flip this year. The rotation is a bigger question mark for the Phils, and Aaron Nola, I think, is going to back up his 2018 campaign, have another Cy Young caliber season, and push the Phillies to playoff berth. That, uh, I agree with you there. That's a, that's a good good point you make there with Aaron Nola. Obviously, I believe he was MVP of, of our team last year. So, um, now, now let's get into uh, who do you think will be the second most valuable pitcher behind Aaron Nola? I'm thinking that my, one of my personal favorite players on the Phillies, Zach Eflin, is going to have a breakout year. I think he's going to do very well building off of a all-right season last year. We saw him have a very dominant July Show it or show what he could be, show the kind of stuff he has, and I think he could bounce that back into this season. That might be a little bit out of bias, out of my liking for Eflin. I think Nick Bavetta is another guy that'll have a very solid year. Jake Arrieta, healthy, will have a good year. Who knows who will add? Maybe come July trade deadline, Madison Bumgarner will lead this team down the stretch to the playoffs, and we'll be saying, 
he was the second most valuable guy. Time will tell, but right now I'm thinking and hoping it's going to be Zach Eflin. All right. Um, so, how um, when predicting, uh, when having predictions again, who do you feel that the most valuable reliever will be? I'm sorry. Could you say that again? The most valuable reliever on the Phillies. I think that Sir Anthony Dominguez is going to have another solid year. I think that Pat Neshek will be solid again. But I think David Robertson is going to come in and be the piece. Great signing by the Phillies. He'll be used in that versatility role. He will be used in the ninth inning, the eighth, the seventh. We're going to see him flung around with that capper mentality. He's going to shut games down, get us quality key innings. He's just going to prove to be a key pitcher, not only in the bullpen, but for the entire Phillies team. As I think that he was a great signing by the club, capped off a great offseason. And while this will be a very solid bullpen this year, he'll be the shining star. Yep, I say actually, this is bold. Yeah, you know, I'm a big Dubre Ramos fan. Um, if you have to make the roster, um, I believe he can eventually form himself into the most valuable player in the Phillies bullpen. Yes, we have Sir Anthony Dominguez, who could be a closer, fire, uh, filthy, filthy stuff. Um, David Robertson, who is a great addition. And heck, Maris, but I believe Dewey Ramos has the talent and the uh, pitching skill to be able to become the most valuable reliever of the Phillies. Well, before we head into a little more breaking down of this first series, Isaac, what is your boldest prediction for the Phillies in 2019? Um, I believe that I already stated it. JT Rosito will have 37 home runs and near 100 RBIs for an exceptional year, calling games, doing the little things right. I believe JT Muto will be the National League MVP and truly show, put the league on notice on who the real best catcher in the league is. Hopefully, as Phillies fans, we see that come through for JT, and hopefully we're seeing a little bit of an MVP controversy with the Phillies in general between JT Hoskins, Harper, Nola. I personally think that the Phillies could have as many as five All-Stars this year with Bryce Harper, JT Real Muto, Aaron Nola. Gene Segura is one I think could slide in. He was an All-Star last year, hit a home run in the game. And then I think Reese Hoskins will make his first All-Star appearance this year. He's going to have a lot more depth to this lineup. Huge RBI situations with the guys batting in front of him. I think he'll have a monster season. And this could head to multiple Phillies at the Midsummer Classic. Now let's slide into a day that's coming a whole lot sooner than any of those. Opening day, just two days away. Isaac, let's get your thoughts on how this first series against the reigning NL East champions, the Atlanta Braves, is going to go. I see a glorious series coming our way. Uh, If you saw the starters, it's Julio Turan, Kyle Wright, Bryce Wilson. This is going to be a good series. It's going to instill confidence in our team. Um, I hate to say it this way, but these these scrub pitchers facing our lethal lineup, I I don't see a way where we don't score five runs a game in this series. I I predict two or three wins this series. Um, Maybe one game we could have a late collapse. I believe we'll start off having a commanding lead in all three games. Hopefully it's not repetition of last year's opening series. We saw Gabe Kapler 
be on the hot scene as quick as he was a major league manager, pulling Aaron Nola early, costing the Phillies a 5 nothing lead to eventual Nick Markakis walk-off homer, which sparked off a Braves rally all the way through the year to lead them to an NLE's pennant, which could be very similar to what we'll see from the Phillies. Now, that confidence that you just talked about instilled in this team, ceiling, that they are the top dogs in this division. Phillies have Aaron Nola, Nick Pavetta, and Jake Arrieta rolling out against those guys. Like you said, nothing too intimidating on the Braves rotation. We have both said that's their one weak point. We think they have a very good lineup, solid bullpen, but that rotation has a lot to improve upon. And I think it's just another thing that the Phillies are better at, better lineup, better rotation, better bullpen, one of the top in the league. It'll be tough for the Braves. You said you had them falling as low as fourth this season. Time will tell, but it doesn't look like this is going to be the same year this year for the fans in Atlanta. I agree totally. And um, as I said, I had them winning 80 games this year because of their terrible pitching. I believe Bryce Harper is going to have, you know, his typical opening day homer, uh, as he has most of his in a five out of six career opening days. So, Julio Tehran is just going to get lit up by this Phillies lineup. All of them have had prior success against him. Um, to hitters ballpark, the whole stadium's going to be amped up. Coy, do, do you see? Do you see Julio Tehran going further than four or five innings? I think that six innings is the absolute max just on the count of that. It is opening day. Not always easy for guys to get their first swings in. At It takes a little bit of adjustment time to get their timing down. Guys like Harper haven't seen as many at-bats this spring training. I think there is a way that if the Phillies do get hot early, hitting's contagious. He could be gone by as early as the fourth. But I do think it'll take a couple innings for the bats to get rolling, maybe a slow start. Tehran can ease through that first nine. But in second time seeing them, it'll be a whole lot easier for the Phils. I'm expecting a little bit three runs between that fourth, fifth, and sixth inning. Won't see any more Tehran after that. We'll get more into opening day and all the things surrounding. Let's head into a network advertisement. Feel free to call in at 845-277-9345, and we'll be right back. Hello, Yankee fans. Tune in to Pinstripe Talk this Wednesday at 5. We go over everything going on in the world of the New York Yankees. We'll be discussing everything about the Yankees roster and Jonathan Loisaga, Luis Sessa, and Domingo Herman, and how each one of them impacts the Yankees' opening day roster. We'll be talking about who's making the final roster spot, Tyler Wade, and what his role will be in the upcoming season. And with opening day quickly approaching, we talk about the New York Yankees and their predictions and what we believe the New York Yankees will be doing for the 2019 season. All this and much, much more on today's episode of Pinstripe Talk this Wednesday at 5. Be there, Yankee fans. So as opening day approaches, only two days away, we know who's starting. We know what the opening day lineup is going to look like. The one question remains, Isaac, who's going to be closing out this game and who's going to close out the rest of the season? Things could change throughout the year, but at this point in time, who do you see as the Phillies' closer? Right now, coming this season, I see, I see David Robertson becoming the opening day closer. Now, as Sir Anthony Dominguez showed 
he has lots of potential, but I don't think that the situation is the type of is the type that's right for him on opening day with all that pressure, especially if it's a close game. I can't see Gabe putting him into that kind of situation where he'll have that much it'll be that that much pressure on him, especially whenever he failed under pressure when he was sole closer last year at times. Um, so that's my opinion. Yeah, David Robertson, I believe, will take over the whole year, in my opinion, as the closer. Well, hopefully, maybe sometime in this year, a uh, bona fide all-star closer will come on to the team. Craig Kimbrell still available, and he could be showing games down come June or July. Right now, I think David Robertson might start off but I could see Hector Neris working his way back into the closing role. We saw him have a terrible start to the 2018 season, sent down to AAA in May after many blown saves, including the one on opening day last year. He came back, looked like a brand-new guy, shut guys down, lethal K per nine innings. He was looking great back like the 2017 version of himself, and he was looking like a top-ten closer in baseball. I think if he's got his stuff settled down, he's got some of the best stuff in the game. He just knows how to, needs to know how to locate it when the mix swings around, locate that fastball. I think we could see him back in the closer role, which would give Gabe a lot more versatility with guys like Sir Anthony, Pat Neshack, David Robertson, move them around between the sixth, seventh, and eighth innings. And it could be a dynamic scenario where this whole bullpen is shutting guys down, where it becomes just a five-inning game for the Phillies, where they have some question marks in the pitching staff, if they can just get through those first five, hand it over to the bullpen, it could be lights out for opponents. Well, I agree with you there. Um, now, especially when we talk about uh, specific pitches, uh, whose pitches do you like more, uh, Sir Anthony or David Robinson? I think Sir Anthony, maybe right now, has a higher upside on what his stuff could bring. We've already seen David Robertson. Not a blow by you fastball, good off speed, good slider, curve changeup. Sir Anthony has that here, can we get to the upper 90s, might see a little bit of improvement on that this year based on his conditioning throughout the off season and spring training. He's got that lethal slider. Usually you see righties have more of a breaking curve. Lefty's got that dominant slider. Sir Anthony has a little bit of that. I think that he has a higher upside where we could see him shutting guys down, mowing them down, than David Robertson usually more of a contact guy, doesn't rack up the case as much as Sir Anthony has shown the potential to. I think we could see a whole lot of Sir Anthony Dominguez filth this season. What's your take on uh, that? That would certainly be nice. As I said, I believe that he'll be the eighth inning guy this year. They'll pair him and David Robertson, eighth and ninth inning. Maybe in a different order, though, than you believe, just because I think in this type of, in my opinion, it's going to be a very successful team, and I see a veteran being at the back end of the bullpen. So, as much as I want to believe in Sir Anthony, uh, he kind of scarred me last year uh, in the one national series when he blew uh, two or three straight. So, I, I just don't think he's ready for the big moment yet. He definitely showed a struggle last year pitching on back-to-back nights. He often would lock things down one day, be a disaster in the next. Gabe showed that maturity from a young manager taking him out of that closer role, setting other guys in, realizing how to use this young kid who showed top 10 reliever stuff to start the year, struggled the back end, as did the entire Phillies rotation, starters, and bullpen, as did the lineup, of course. I think next 
this season, we'll see a whole lot of more consistent Dominguez. He'll be in a lesser role, higher value for him, more versatile. I think it'll be a great year for him. Again, sort of like everyone on the team, there's less pressure based because of the guys brought in, guys added to the lineup, guys added to the bullpen. It's not as make or break this year as it was in 2018 because there's help along the way. Guys that were also acquired in that Gene Segura trade, they're brought in to help. Everyone has been improved this year where it's going to take pressure off the returning guys. New guys are going to stand in, and when they fall down, the returners will help them out as well. I agree with you there. Part of the appeal of bringing in all these new players is to help groom the younger players as well. And it truly helps players like Scott Kingry, um, Santiago Dominguez, uh, even guys like Victor Arano, um, Nick Pavetta, Zach Gefflin. Um, these players that come in, such as Jake Arrieta, Bryce Harper, David Robertson, JT Real Muto, they help groom the younger players, and that's what's needed to help progress the team. Players get older, and the veterans get older, and eventually their time runs out. But the, the next generation is groomed by these types of players, by these quality players that can pass on how it is to be a major league ball player. And players like Aaron Altair, I hope, soaks in everything he gets from Bryce Harper. Um, hopefully he can return to 2016-2017 form. He, um, he will most likely make the roster because um, he is out of minor league options, barring some unforeseen trade at this point. So what, what, is, your, what is your take on – who do you think Bryce Harper could help the most in mentoring? I actually think that will be another young outfielder, someone he's already worked with a little bit this quick training, a former first-round pick just like himself, Mickey Moniak a guy who struggled to start off his major league career down in the minors, hasn't shown too much promise yet until he's drafted him first overall. I think that Bryce has already cut, touched down on him a little bit, helped him out. I think he could continue to do that as Mickey makes his way through the minors, up uh, hopefully to the major league level. Or maybe in a couple of years, if a double doesn't pan out, we could be looking at a Mickey Moniak in center, Adam Hazley in left, and Bryce Harper manning it down at right now that we know Mike Trout won't be joining the squad anytime soon. I agree with you there. Um, and here's a player that I piece on by Jim Salisbury, NBC Sports, on Odubel Herrera and the work he's done mentally. I, I think that – I heard a comparison from Jack Fritz, um, Shane Victorino, to Odubel Herrera. I, because imagine if Shane Victorino had to be your best player. He wouldn't have been a great franchise player. Just as Odubel Herrera was may not exposed last year, but shown what was happening when he was dependent on to carry your lineup. It's just not going to happen the whole year. He's very inconsistent and has it can make some mental mistakes. Um, I just I think that Odubel is going to not break out, but he's going to be very solid and consistent. He'll bat over 280. He'll hit 20 homers yet again. Um, and he'll, as I said, the most important part is he'll be more consistent. With that mental building, hopefully he's doing something that might be a little bit more productive than the Cam Newton method to help his mentality. But like you said, that he could be a Shane Victorino model. 
for this new squad of Phillies. We saw him get hot last year, carry the Phillies to start off the 2018 season, had that insane on-base streak, and then sort of all tumbled downhill. He sort of spiraled out before the rest of the Phillies followed him. We saw him pick it up a little bit in series against the Nationals, selected a two-run homer in one of the best Phillies games of 2018, Aaron Nola dueling it out against Max Scherzer, which seems like a almost passing of the mantle to Nola. Obviously, things also fell down for Nola. He was down to like 206 ERA, I believe, ended up down in the 240s. A couple of days later, he faced off against Scherzer again. Odubel got him again. It shows that Odubel can touch those top guys. He can perform at that top level. It's all about consistency. Odubel's another player. There'll be less pressure on to perform every day. I think, like you said, he'll succeed at a high level this year, and we're going to see a career year for Odubel Herrera. I agree with you there. Um, I, I truly think that um, his mental part is crucial to the whole vibe of this team. And I think the expectations of the city, I, I think it was a wake-up call last year. Uh, Gabe Kapler said he would report to camp 20 pounds later, and he did it. Um, he's in better physical shape. Uh, hopefully, as we speak, um, he's in better mental shape, and that will benefit the team, obviously. Um, the whole vibe around the team is much different than it was last year. No one expected the team to be competing last year, uh, whereas, obviously, it's quite different this year. So, I think, well, first off, let's talk about the vibe going into this into this weekend, Coy. I mean, I'm just... Uh, this is the most excited I've been for a Philly season ever. Um, I mean, I was obviously younger whenever the 2000 – this is the same kind of feel as the 2011 to the 10 seasons, 2009. Those seasons feel the same as this. The, the players, just like, thinking about the lineup excites me. Um, thinking about Citizens Bank Park and everybody cheering, everybody standing. Uh, Bryce Harper, JT Muto, Reese Hoskins launching home runs left and right. It's going to be something, and this year will be certainly should be the most exciting for Phillies fans in quite a few years. Well, it's tough to say that the Phillies are not the team to watch in 2019. Obviously, squads like the Yankees and Astros are going to look to repeat their success. The Phillies have made so many acquisitions, signing arguably the best, one of the best right fielders in baseball, Bryce Harper, bringing the best catcher in baseball, J.T. Armuto, a very good shortstop Gene Segura, helping out that pen with David Robertson, veterans like Andrew McCutcheon. There's just so many moving pieces that now make this almost a brand-new team, but one that's built to compete this season and for the many following. A lot of guys who were hurt last year, like Jerry, Jake Arrieta, now going to be healthy. Cesar Hernandez, hopefully back to seeing him at that 290 level. There's just so many storylines and pieces around this team. Isaac, you were out last week. Me and Benson talked about that baseball needs storylines. The Philadelphia Phillies, a high market team. This seems like one of these storylines that can put baseball back on the map. Bryce Harper hitting 45 homers in Citizens Bank Park would be great for baseball, great for this team, great for the city. A city that's beginning to become quite a bit of a title town. The Eagles getting it done last year. Sixers set to compete this season and many more. Phillies are now joining that squad. Everything's building down to being Philly being a premier sports dynasty. I totally agree with you. Um, Bryce Harper and Aaron Judge, in my opinion, are bound to take over the faces of the sport. <coughs> and as much as obviously I am biased and want the Phillies to succeed, I believe that 
they truly will win the division when you look at it, when you put it all together. Um, so, so it's going to be an exciting year and a close year in this tough division. I mean, the Mets, as much as we hate them, um, they're going to be a tough out. They're going to be a, they've always played the Phillies tough. Um, the Braves, I don't believe in, as I've discussed before. And the Nationals are somehow becoming one of the more underrated teams in the league. Um, they have one of the top five rotations. They have an above-average offense, and their bullpen is above-average as well. So they're, they're going to be a tough team as well, um, even with the loss of Bryce Harper. Tons of competition for the Phillies to compete with, not only in the NL, but the NL. Not just the NL East, but the NL in general. AL's looking tough as well. It'll be interesting to see how everything pans out. Feel free to call in at 845-277-9345. We're going to move along to Gabe Kapler. How hot is his seat right now? Could we be seeing Kapler moved by the end of the year? And we'll get Isaac's thoughts on the Mike Trout extension, something we didn't get to hear from last week. Stay tuned after this network advertisement. Hello, it's Tim from the Amazing Mets podcast where every Thursday night we cover everything you need to know about the New York Mets. Come join us this Thursday from 9.30 to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, where we will talk about the Mets opening day and your decisions they made with the lineup that day. We will also be talking about the spring training awards and how everyone performed over spring training, such as prospects and newly acquired players. We will also be opening up our mailbag for any questions you have about the New York Mets. We hope to see you there Thursday night from 9.30 to 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time and talk Mets. Can't wait to see you guys there. So we're back here on FanCast. It has been an exciting offseason for the Philadelphia Phillies. Many acquisitions, all-stars and MVPs brought in. One player, one person it hasn't been particularly fond to is manager Gabe Kapler. We saw a big scandal come out with him with his time in the Dodgers, not the only thing we have seen as a little bit of a question mark. Isaac, how do you think the Phillies are going to handle Gabe Kapler going into 2019? Obviously, the bar will be set high, much higher than it was last year, much higher than years prior. So... He's going to be on a shorter leash. Um, if the team really struggles, and by struggling I mean like 10 games under 500, I, I think they're going to <laughs> I think they're going to um, to uh, consider a, a change in, in, in the middle of the season. Uh, I I truly and honestly, it depends on the culture of the team. If he's if if, if there's just games that somehow end up not going right, but if the team is continually getting crushed and the vibe is down, we can't have another losing season like that. So I believe that, I mean, he, he is in the hot seat, whether you like it or not, whether you think he should be or not. Um, he, he, he definitely will be on the hot seat. Not only do I think the Phillies will not struggle in 2019, I don't think Gabe Kapler will be moved. I think this is a guy who's brought in a winning culture to a team that hadn't had one in many years. Guys like Pete McCann has sort of had that on to the next stage of the franchise vibe. Gabe Kapler came in and said, we're going to win, and we're going to win now. We've seen him with his phrase be bold this year, shoulder to shoulder. He's all about team unity, bringing guys in to rattle this team up, motivate guys. 
if every person is at their peak striving to be the best version of themselves, the team can succeed is one of the key messages he's moved along. I think he is a good guy to lead this young core to this next stage. We haven't really seen his managerial skills and his positioning, use of the bullpen, work out too kindly, led to his booing on opening day next year. I don't think Kaffer will be moved, but if he was, who is someone you could see to replace him? I don't want to get there yet. Um, surely, if that situation arises, we'll talk about it. we'll talk about it here. But I, I do think I obviously don't think that he'll be moved. I, I predict a successful Philly season. I really hope the best for Gabe Kapler. I hope he can lead our city to massive amount of success. Um, I, I believe he's a great manager. Um, he's the right guy for our city, even though many people don't believe he is. So, yeah, that's what, that's my opinion. Gabe Kapler definitely has has ups and downs as a Philly manager, someone who for the next 12 years will just have downs in the eyes of Philly's fans. Mike Trout, Isaac, you were out last week. Trout signed that record-breaking 12-year, $430 million extension. What were your thoughts as a Philly fan after seeing this news? As a Phillies fan, I was obviously shocked and disappointed, really. Just, I mean, not at anyone in particular, just disappointed that we wouldn't have the chance to even get him. So, opinion was, obviously the question is going to be, should we be mad at Mike Trout? I don't think we can be mad at Mike Trout. I think we should be mad. I think we should even, should, uh, just should be mad that at the Angels and how they've, if they were a successful team and if they are a championship team, you would understand his extension with them. The thing is, they have no success, no hope of success in most people's eyes in sight. They have Otani, they have Joe Adele as a prospect. They don't have much pitching other than Matt Harvey, who you consider still worthwhile in the starting rotation. Uh, I uh, when someone puts four hundred thirty million dollars in front of you, you have to take it. Um, I don't know anyone ever when offered four hundred thirty million dollars and a twelve-year long deal would ever deny that. Um, so I can't be mad at him for that. I, I'm I'm more just annoyed at the Angels for being an incompetent team, a terrible team year after year, making terrible contract mistakes, obviously, other than Bryce, you know, obviously other than Mike Trout, um, the Albert Pujols deal. Um, I, I think that uh, I think that there are other ways for the Phillies to improve, such as Anthony Rendon, Garrett Cole is a big, big target of mine next year. We'll get into more of that later, but I don't think Phillies fans should be mad at Mike Trout. I think we should just be more annoyed and disappointed, rather. Like you said, it's one of those situations where it didn't turn out as we had hoped, but there's no one really to pin the blame on. Can't turn down $430 million. Klintak never had a chance to sway Trout over here. It just shows what good of a job Middleton and Klintak did this offseason, bringing in Bryce Harper so we didn't have to look back and say, well, we missed out on this guy, we missed out on Trout, Machado was available, all these ifs and buts. We have our guy, our core piece for the next 13 years to build around. Contact's job would have been more hot than Kapler's had 
they missed out on Harper, and then Mike Trout signs to this extension, someone you were saying maybe we could wait for if we didn't sign Harper. Everything worked out right for the Phillies that they got their guy. Good for Mike Trout. He gets his $430 million generations of his family set. He is one of those players that I could see wanting to be with the team that drafted him for the entire organization. Nice guy, quiet, humble, goes about, does his thing. He does seem like personal success is not as important as overall winning. I'm not sure how that's going to pan out for the Angels. It doesn't look like they're set with any high-tier prospects. Who knows what they'll do with trades and free agency. They have the cap space to move things around, see, play with things. It's tough to tell. I don't think that he's going to be at too high of a level for the next year, couple of years, which I think is unfortunate for baseball. A guy who is going to be a top 10 all-time player, never going to play in October. Won't say never, but it's highly unlikely we'll be seeing him in a World Series anytime over the next decade. Tough for baseball, tough for Phillies fans, but in the end, good for Mike Trout. I agree, and I do also think that this shows that he doesn't necessarily want the big stage. Um, he's, he loves how he's treated in Anaheim. He loves the people there. And he doesn't necessarily want to take that step to – I mean, of course he wants to win, but if he's going to win, it's going to be in Anaheim. He's not going to move teams to win. And I, I saw him say that. He said he can't see himself – he saw it as cheating the process almost if he went straight to a winner in free agency which I find quite odd and just kind of false, to be honest. Um, so if he wants to be an angel for life, if he wants to be an angel for life, I believe $430 million had a lot to do with it, obviously. <laughs> um, but so be it. We have to stop thinking about Mike Trout now. We can stop thinking about Mike Trout now and move on to bigger things. Like you said, Mike Trout had 430 reasons to stay in Anaheim. He said, though, that leaving Los Angeles, leaving the Angels never crossed his mind. Do you think he ever considered coming to Philly? Oh, heck yeah. I mean, until he got a $400 million-plus offer, you have to be considering every possibility. I mean, the Phillies would have definitely offered a hefty contract as well. Um, I think that there is almost no chance that if the – if the deal is not over $400 million, that he at least waits another year to sign an extension or think about going to free agency. Uh, I just don't see I don't see how he didn't think about it. I don't see how he didn't talk to Bryce Harper and not think about teaming up with him. Well, it seems like Chop did a little bit of reverse recruiting, telling Harper to go to Philly. I'll be there in two years. Obviously not happening now. Like you said, time for Philly's fans to move on. We won't be seeing a Harper Trout dream in the future, which we talked about this a little bit before. Do you think that the Phillies made a mistake not also pursuing Manny Machado? Um, not necessarily a mistake. I find it more interesting to think about. I mean, when you think about it, we probably wouldn't have signed Andrew McCutcheon, which then you're talking about a Harper, Williams, Herrera, Alfred, and the uh, Machado, Segura, Hernandez, Hoskins, infield. And as tantalizing as it is, I think we made the right move. Michael, I'd rather have Michael Franco and McCutcheon in the outfield rather than a downgrade at one position. 
in the outfield for just uh, Machado. And it would have it would have prohibited us from future moves if we wanted to stay under the luxury tax. So, I mean, there's that. What is your opinion? I agree with you for the most part. I don't think that Phillies made any mistake in how they went about business this offseason. One of the most successful offseasons in MLB history came back with a ton of all-stars, a couple MVPs, MVP caliber guys throughout the lineup now. It's going to be a great 2019. What are you looking most forward to as opening day draws near? I'm looking forward to the offense, the lineup. I cannot wait for the opening. I'm going to actually not be able to watch it live, but I cannot wait to watch Arnola pitch here since his bank park go crazy at the beginning of the game from the first to ninth inning. Um, I just believe it's going to be electric the whole year. Um, this the bank is going to be bank is going to be popped, and there's going to be people that love the game, like you and like you and I, um, everywhere. They're going to be into it. They're not just there to be at a baseball game. They're there to root for the Phillies and uh, for a team that they love. Um, there's a lot of uh, new renovations to the stadium, new restaurants such as Shake Shack and some independent ones as well. I'm pretty excited about. I'm going to a lot of games in the first month. I'm very excited to see the new, new acquisitions on the team. And it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun, fun season. We're almost out of time today. Before we wrap up, for all the listeners that will be attending games this year, what's your go-to food at Citizens Bank Park? Uh, it's got to be got to be cheesesteaks. Um, back of Ashburn Alley, you know what I'm talking about? Absolutely, back at Tony Luke's. They got that yep. little bit of crab fries, snag that whole meal. Yes, sir, and then uh, you know, the, the extra onions on top, that tops it off. Uh, you know, go sit in your seat, watch bag practice. I mean, just thinking about this is, <laughs> is, is making me excited, Coy. I mean, this is going to be a great season. This really is one of the most highly anticipated seasons for Philly fans not just for the Philadelphia Phillies, but Philadelphia in general. I was thinking last October when the Sixers topped off, tipped off the season, how can we get any better than this? Matt Clintech answered that question by putting this squad together for this team. I think it's going to be a great year for the squad. Clintech's work this offseason is going to show how great he did this past three, four months, and this is going to be a season unlike any other for new young Phillies fans. I'm hoping not too many fans are going to just hop on our bandwagon. Our ride and dies are going to be with us along this. Citizens Bank Park is going to be packed this season. Electricity flowing through this broad street and city of Philadelphia. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. Join us next Tuesday. Head out to CVP, see the Phillies kick off their season opening day comes Thursday. Thank you all for tuning in. Take care and go Phils. Hold on, wait a minute. Y'all thought I was finished. When I bought her ass tomorrow, y'all thought it was winning. Catching on these, some like Papa on his finish. Double M, yeah, that's my zero. Say this, catching on Lieutenant. I'm the tight can of men casting, grind like I'm broke. Fancast is produced by Benson Fector. Fancast is a production of the Baseball Podcast Network. Be sure to give our host a follow on Instagram. Koi, at Koi's Demo. That's K-O-Y-Z-D-I-M-A-L. And Isaac at phillies.focus with a P-H. 
follow FanCast at FanCastBPM. For more FanCast content, be sure to head over to our website at BaseballPodcastNet.com and follow the Baseball Podcast Network on all social media platforms. Instagram, at BaseballPodcastNet. Twitter, at BaseballPodcast1. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-1. YouTube at Baseball Podcast Network and SoundCloud at Baseball Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in to FanCast. We'll see you next time.